Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, and the Bucks are still in the playoffs, so that means we have a game preview to get into the divisional round of Bucks versus Lions as the Bucks head down or up, I guess, technically, Bucks head up to Motown for a chance to go to the NFC Championship. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me as the face that runs the place of pewterreport.com, SR, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing on this lovely Wednesday? I'm doing good. Um, I, I'm ready, ready for this game. I think it's going to be fun. Um, it's, it, it's, it was fun to see the Buccaneers get some revenge on the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and, and Philly fan, especially, right? I mean, they're so obnoxious. Yeah. Um, it, with the Lions, it, to me, it was kind of cool to see them win their, their playoff game, the first one since 1991, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have won two Super Bowls since, since then. I mean, really, since 2002. Yeah. So it's crazy how, how futile the Lions franchise has been over this stretch. Now, at 12-5, and five, they are... They're tied for the best record, I should say, most wins in franchise history. They actually had a 12-4 and record, which was technically better back in 1991, but um, lost that, that playoff game. So this is, this is kind of like now or never, I think, for the Lions, Matt. When you look at the fact that Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, is getting some, some uh, interviews and some feelers out there. Uh, ben Johnson is one of the hottest names as the offensive coordinator. You know, you look at the Eagles, and I think part of the reason why they have kind of uh, imploded this year was because they lost both of their coordinators, right, from that Super Bowl team. Uh, yeah. And Steichen went to the Colts and did a very good job there. And, and in year one, Jonathan Gannon went to Arizona. And their replacements certainly did not do a great job for Nick Sirianni. And he's – say what you want about him. He may or may not be a good head coach, but – they certainly folded like like a you know folding chair. Castle cards, yeah. Yeah, down the stretch, and so you have to wonder. I mean, I think Dan Campbell's a tremendous coach, better than Nick Sirianni, but it's tough to lose your coordinators. And so this Lions team seems like it's it's do or die now or never because they could lose one or both of those coordinators. And is there some pressure now that this is a Lions team of destiny? You kind of saw that happened in that Rams game where they jumped out to a 14-3 lead and then they got outscored 20 to 10 over the final three quarters of that game, including yeah. six to three in the second half. They got really tight and they had to hang on for that win. And it's like they were playing not to lose in the second half rather than to win. Buccaneers can come in as underdogs with with house money and and play loose and free and hey, we weren't expected to be here. Uh this is the Lions year, etc. And, uh, and, and, you know, they've won five games on the road this year, yeah. including at Green Bay and at Minnesota. So, Matt, I, I'm just looking at this, and if they can jump out to an early lead, you might see the Lions play really tight, get tense. And I think Tampa Bay's got a, a pretty good chance of winning this game. Especially if they can put up points um, against the Lions' defense, which they are very susceptible to yeah. allowing points. I mean, I know the Rams only – only put up like mid twenties, but when the Rams did score, like they like had a fifty yarder from mm-hmm. Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, I believe, had a twenty eight or thirty eight yeah. yarder. So we are talking about a defense that can allow chunk plays. And oh, what happened Monday night? Oh, De- Devin Moore, David Moore, uh, went for forty eight yards, yeah. and Trey Palmer broke one tackle and went over mm-hmm. fifty yards for a touchdown. So. The chunk yeah. plays were going to be very important in this one. And, uh, yeah, what's what's enjoyable about this matchup, and it won't decide whether or not who wins, but it's two very likable teams mm-hmm. playing in this game. Like, the Lions yeah. were very likable going back to last year, Dan yeah. Campbell, the kneecaps thing. Um, Their appearance they, on hard knocks. You know? Yes, and yeah, 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 hard knocks as well. Yeah. So they built up a lot of, uh, you know, outside fans besides yeah. Detroit itself. And then the Bucks again, the team that has proved a lot of doubters wrong, revived the career in, in Baker Mayfield yeah. for sure. And 
beat the Eagles, who, again, a lot of people outside of just Tampa aren't too fond of Philly and their fans either. So you got two very winnable slash likable teams uh, going into this game. And the Bucs are just embracing that underdog mentality. And yeah. I agree with you, Scott. They can play loose. They can play free and just let it freaking rip, which That's is right. uh, which is kind of when Baker Mayfield can be at his best. Mm-hmm. That's when he can reach his ceiling is when he lets it freaking rip. So hopefully yeah. he does it on Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, this this is also a fun game to to look at because as we talked about with regards to uh, the fact that Kalaja Kansi didn't play against the Eagles in the first go-round, Yaya Diaby was not a starter in that game, right? And so there was some different yeah. – you know, the Bucs are just a different team back then in week three, and I think they were a different team – even in week six than they are now, this is Agreed. a much better version of the Buccaneers. But, you know, we were talking to Zion McCollum today, and we've got, we've got a lot of good clips for you guys. We were talking to Zion yeah. McCollum, who, who played at safety a lot in this game, really for the first time. And, um, you know, Jamel Dean had a really good game. Carlton Davis had a really good game. And this is the first time, because remember, both of those guys were starting against the Lions – and Zion McCollum did not play that much. So it's a it's a situation where you've got now with McCollum, I think he's going to play safety again. I mean, why why wouldn't you? Because they gave up that big shot play to to Jamison Williams over Ryan Neal. So having more speed on on the in, in the defensive backfield with Zion McCollum, now you've got uh, an instance where Todd Bowles can really go after the Lions with some blitzes, with some run-stuffing packages, similar to what we saw maybe against the Lions or the, the Eagles, not sure they're going to do the four defensive tackles, six-man front yeah. again, but they can because you've got some guys that can really play one-on-one man coverage with Zion McCollum uh, in the middle of the field and Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean on the outside. So this is a completely different look. I think it's all going to come down to not so much stopping the Lions' run game, because I think Tampa Bay can do that. They did it back in week six. They knocked David Montgomery out of the game. They did it against the Eagles. They're capable of doing that. They're a top-five rushing defense. But can they slow down Amon Ross and Brown? Can they slow down Jamison Williams and prevent the, the, the deep shots? Can they, they uh, prevent Josh Reynolds from owning the middle of the field? Can they slow down Sam Laporta? That's where it's going to be decided, in my opinion, is – is uh is in the secondary and and having McCollum there with Dean and Jamel or and Carlton Davis gives them some really good opportunities there to lock down some of these uh, weapons for Detroit. Yeah, I agree with you with um with everything you said about the the Bucks being able to stop the run, but I think it's more of a just commitment to stopping the run uh more than anything else. That first game uh, against. Uh, against the Lions. Yeah, Montgomery got knocked out, only had 14 rushing yards. Yeah. Um, Jameer Gibbs did not play in that game. So I, I do I do worry about that because G- Jameer Gibbs, I remember at the time of the draft, it was like, yeah. what are they thinking? Drafting a running back? They got all these other guys, and it's not Bijan Robinson. But Jameer Gibbs has proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah. I really like the way that he runs. So I'm curious um, what – what factor he will have in the game. And if the Lions can get the ground game going uh, in that sense, then not that the Bucs are dead to rights, but even giving a little bit more of an opening to Amon Ross, St. Brown and all those guys, uh, I definitely do worry about that. However, if they can stop the run, which again, if they commit to it, I think they will, because we've seen them look bad against the Eagles in week three and stopping the run wise against the Panthers two weeks ago. And then they look fantastic on Monday. That run-stopping effort looked like when, you know, Todd Bowles first got there in 2019 or back in 2020 when they were the leaders of stopping the run game, when the Dallas Cowboys refused to even run the ball and started doing short passes as their attack for the quote-unquote run game. So with that said, um, if you make the the Lions one-dimensional, I think another element, and we talked about this with the Bucks playing against the Eagles, but an element that will continue into this matchup. Yes, Kalijah Kansi played that first time against the Lions. Once again, Yaya Diaby, Yaya Diaby mm-hmm. as a starting outside linebacker. Yeah. I think if you give Jared Goff 
one less second to throw the football. I think that could have made a big difference in the first matchup against the Lions. I think mm-hmm. it'll be even that much more important this time around um, against Detroit. So you bring in Yaya as a starter. JTS is playing much better this last month than he has in his whole career as a yeah. uh, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So these little extra added elements into this game from who didn't play and who did play, um, I think can make a big difference. And implementing Zion McCollum as a cover guy and playing more man. And sure, Amon Ross A. Brown may burn you on one play, but I'd rather the Bucs get burned one time, kind of like Devontae Smith did against the Bucs. You get burned that one time, but with all the other stops that you make, it ends up being a uh, uh, a good payout uh, in the long run. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, it, it's a shame that that the, the Bucks aren't on position to play the Rams because um, one of the names I love saying, and I abused my wife talking about it so much, was Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, yeah. <laughs> Every time he caught a pass, I was like, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like like Bucks and Rams, like Puka Nakua tackled by Yaya Diaby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that just sounds cool. Anyways, I digress. Uh, they are playing the Lions. And um, uh, let's let's go to some clips because there's some really good stuff. A little bit of trash talk yeah. already starting between Chauncey, uh, Johnson, Ch- Ch- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. There we yeah. go. That is name correct. C- yeah, CJ, yeah. a.k.a. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yep. Yeah, so – this one kind of came out rapidly. Um, so paraphrasing here, but Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had said that the Bucks are a, a good group, but they could be a great group if they have a quarterback or if they had a quarterback. So just a, uh, a, a direct, direct shot at Baker Mayfield. And no surprise it comes from a former New Orleans Saints to say, uh, say something like that. And this was Baker Mayfield's response. I don't think he's really watched film because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap all year for us. Uh, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about. But he didn't play our first game, so I'm excited to see him. I think he's a really good player. Um, he has been for a while. He's been an impactful guy on every team he's been on. So he, he's uh, he's a good player. But, yeah, he's got to do a little bit more film study. Doesn't watch the tape. Yeah. I, I love how, how Baker – like totally fired shots at at Chauncey, but then like also praised him at, at the same time. It's like he yeah. didn't he didn't disrespect him as a player. He's just like you know, son, you got to get in the film room and study. Like like Russell Gage has been on IR the whole year, so yeah, uh, it it's it was it was good to see. I mean, Baker's a fiery, feisty guy, and Baker and loves to talk trash. He's he always talking trash. So now that he gets to talk it like in the media, obviously a little bit of a PG version of what Baker will probably be saying right. on the field. And yeah, I hope Baker hits a deep shot kind of like he did that last touchdown. Wasn't the deepest of shots, but that last touchdown to Chris Godwin, yeah. which was more him throwing mm-hmm. it versus, you know, with the receiver making a play and breaking 15 tackles and scoring a touchdown. Yep. I want to see Baker Chuck the like maybe him and Mike Evans they finally connect on one of those deep balls yeah. that has just eluded them the last two right. weeks and Baker's running down the field nodding his head mm-hmm. and then like runs up to uh, CJ Gardner Johnson and says something I would I'll- like that I hope Baker Mayfield personally takes this com those comments by Gardner Johnson and yeah. does the Michael Jordan and I took that personally yeah so no I, I agree and and I I would love to see. Uh, him hit Chris Godwin on like kind of like a uh, skinny post, right? And and Godwin catch the ball, and and CJ is there, and then CJ gets stiff armed like right to the helmet by Godwin, yes. and just bites the turf yeah. as Godwin scores. That would be a nice revenge, as Edward Fernandez says here, a nice revenge for Chris Godwin in this game because that was CJ uh, that that took out his knees yeah. when. Uh, back in the the 2021 season, when the Saints came and, and beat the Buccaneers, what was it nine to nothing? Nine nothing, nine Golly. nothing. The game. Maybe uh, Chris Godwin can do to CJ Gardner Johnson what uh, Rashad White did to Hufunga, the wider the safety right. on the on the 49ers. Like just juke just, him so badly, just wreck he, his knee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or break some ankles. Anyway, thank you. Not that we root for injury, but thank you right. to um, Mark Fisher, aka. Rev Fish for the 499 Super Chat, who says, 
while winning keeps bowls here, do you think it affects Buck's efforts to keep Evans, C-Mac, David, and uh, Mayfield along with Winfield Werfs or not? No, I don't think so. I'm Todd Bowles is, is very beloved coach. I mean, even the offensive players, they, they love Todd Bowles. Um, it, it's, I, I know that there is this like side that the, the media, we get to see the, the press conference version of Todd Bowles. I've sat in Todd Bowles' office before, and he's a completely different dude than he is at the podium. And that's the type of Todd Bowles the players see. It's, it's a little jarring to kind of like see Bowles in, in, in an environment where like the cameras aren't on and all of that. It's He's very down to earth, funny yeah. guy. Um, can bust chops. He can bust yes. chops like anybody can. He actually has charisma, which I know Buccaneer yes. fans don't think is the case, but it's like I was probably in his office for like an hour and a half, uh, you know, just chatting with him. And yeah. Totally different guy. And and the, the players, I remember talking to, to Rashad and Tristan and, and all the offensive guys, even last year. And they're like, oh, man, I love Todd Bowles. He gets me so fired up to play. And, the, and I, I can see in my mind uh, Buccaneer fans' heads exploding because they just don't think he's that guy. But he's not as dry and as wooden as you might think he is. So I, I, I think they love playing for him. Tom Brady loved playing for him. Tom yeah. Brady – appreciated his approach to, hey, let's have a more balanced attack. And and if you look, Matt, I mean, the only guys that didn't really play on defense the last game against the Eagles were like D. Delaney and Ryan Neal. I mean, he got yeah. everybody yeah, pretty right? much that was active uh, involved in the game plan in these different packages. So defensive players love him. I think the offensive players over the last two years have really come to, to love playing for him too. Yeah, and to further answer it, like do you think it affects it? I think it positively affects yeah. it uh, yep. like Antoine Winfield Jr. This is a coach that got you first team all pro. Right. <laughs> you you wouldn't want to keep playing with that. Tristan yeah. works. Sure. An offensive guy. This is the only coach. Yeah. Well, he's had Bruce Aarons as well, but you know, he's been around this coaching staff the whole time in his career. And every single time he's been in the NFL, yeah. he's made the postseason. Why would he want to mix that up? And Baker Mayfield for everything we talked about with stability and Levante David, he's had the most success in his career as a team since um, Todd Bowles became the defensive play caller and now head coach. Mm -hmm. And when Bruce Arians got there, so yeah. if anything, I think it, it, it enhances everybody's will and want to, to come back to Tampa Bay or stay with Tampa Bay. And speaking of the, um, you know, personality of Todd Bowles, we saw that a little bit today mm -hmm. talking about kind of balancing and the, the challenges of not just being a defensive play caller anymore, but being a head coach yeah. as well. And, um, kind of opened the door a little bit into how long he may continue to coach for. There's a certain number he's definitely not getting to. Right. Since you've had this job, um, what is that time split like for you? And, and how much do you still enjoy, you know, being able to get, get in there and, and you know, have those exotic game plans and things to It gets me in a lot early, I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> I used to be a... 5.30 guy, and I migrated to a 4.30 guy, and I'm like a 3.20 guy, and, and you get a lot of work done in the morning, still love that part of it, still enjoy it very much, getting tiring, I'm getting old, I don't have that many years left in this league, but I still enjoy it. Todd, how many years do you have? Because we, we've seen some coaches, Bill Cowher, Tony Dungy, walk away when they're still like in their prime, and then we've seen you know your, your uh, mentor, Bruce Arians, coach until he was 70. I'm not gonna make seventy. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I guarantee you I'm not making seventy. You getting in there at three twenty? Again, just like a little fun, yeah. a little personality from Todd Bowles. Todd, which I really appreciate it because I do it the same with myself. Todd mm -hmm. can crack himself up. Like oh, yeah. if he starts hearing a question or something, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not talking about the one that went viral yesterday. Yeah. Um, but he'll like see a question, hear a question, and like start cracking up because he's like. Man, like I would love to say this, but I can't actually yeah. say this, so I'm gonna say that instead. Right. Uh, yeah. So for those that may not be as familiar with Todd Bowles, give him a little more credit for yeah. having a, a bit of a personality because right. he, he is he's, he is a he's funny 60 guy. also. So he did, he didn't look it. I mean, he's no, he's he does not look 62 yeah. years old. Yeah. Well, he's 60, not 62. Oh, he's okay. 60. I yeah. thought he was 62, but yeah, yeah, doesn't look 60 either. Doesn't look 60, and but at the same time, and and I wrote about this in yesterday's Bucks mailbag. Um, about 
you know, there was a, a fan question that that was like, can can this team hand the head coaching job over to Dave Canales when when Bowles calls it quits? And I just don't know about the timing. I mean, unless they win the Super Bowl this year unexpectedly, and Todd says, "Hey, like <laughs> this is a great run." I'm going out on top, um, which I don't think is going to be the case. Uh, even if Bowles won the Super Bowl this year, I think he would come back. Yeah. But I just don't know from a timing standpoint, Matt. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm thinking, I, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking Dave Canales stays this year, but then next year, or certainly in 2025, I, I think. Yeah, he's, I. Think, he's a head coach somewhere, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. The only way I can see it, and because Bowles made a good point, because he kind of got asked about like Belichick and Gerard Mayo, yeah. and he was like, you know, Belichick was there for twenty years, like he can kind of get a not get away with, but do a, a couple more things like that right. than Bowles, who's only been a head coach in this organization for two seasons. The only way I can see it working is if behind the scenes. And it kind of helps with Bull saying, I'm, I guarantee you I'm not going to coach till 70. If he's yeah. 60 right now, mm-hmm. initially I would think like, oh, maybe he can coach till he's 65. But yeah. what if he wins, maybe not this year, but within the next three seasons, he ends mm-hmm. up winning a Super Bowl. And he's like, you know what? I accomplished my goal. I won a Super Bowl as a head coach. That would give him five years as the mm-hmm. Buccaneers head coach. If there's a handshake agreement after this year, between Bowles and Canales of, okay, I'm going to coach until I'm, I'm 65. Right. And then after that, I'm out. You can have the reins. I do think there is um, benefits and a little bit of uh, enticement for Dave Canales to say, oh, all right, like I can stay in Tampa. I can keep my family in Tampa, be in the same yeah. area, have that stability that, say, Pete yeah. Carroll had just going back to right. USC and, and the Seahawks. system in yes. place. With his guys, yeah, I mean, yes. and I, I think that's that's what made it so appealing to keep Todd Bowles on as the head coach because his system had been put in place since 2019. They won the Super Bowl together yeah. in 2020. These were some hand-picked guys that Todd Bowles wanted for his defense, right? So it, it certainly made sense, and, and I don't know – I like Dave Canales a lot. I think he is a yes. bright young guy. I know you feel the same way. We, we talk about him after every press conference that he has. It's like he is believable. He has that that trait. He's going to be, I think, a very good head coach. And you, you kind of want him to be the successor. Yeah. For- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Bowls, whenever that is, I just don't know if if it's if it's going to happen because, like you said, if, if Bowles coaches for for say four more seasons, even right till he's yeah. sixty four, um, you know, is, is Canales going to be here? I think he's going to be head coach exactly in a perfect perfect world. You would love it to go Bowles, and then he passes the reins to Dave Canales, yeah. and Canales becomes the head coach in, in Tampa Bay. Because there is right. also the fun side for us as the media we wouldn't know who else would be the next head coach. And, you know, every head coach is different than the media. And even if you're not great with the media, like we, we still do our jobs. We'd still be at every press conference and all that stuff. But there is like a fun built in factor slash benefit that we already know Canales. You can get a feel for what some of his press conferences are already going to be like versus going in with someone that their press conferences could suck every single week or, Uh, or, yeah. uh, Imagine covering the Falcons with Arthur Smith over the last couple of years. Yeah, or even like uh, if Belichick got hired by the Bucks, oh, yeah. or, or even like if Rabel, I think would be fun because he'll yeah. like the, again without getting too much into it. The the viral video from yesterday about the yeah. question that was asked to Todd Bowles, uh, Rabel would have eviscerated that question. Yeah. I feel like where Bowles, I agree. Was, Todd Bowles handled that with class. You know, we we really didn't kind of focus in on that um too much because i mean um you know just 
the reporters not typically hear a whole bunch. We're and, not here to kick people when they're down. And, exactly. you know, yeah. who knows? One day someone else may find themselves in that situation yeah, and you exactly. don't want everyone piling on you. Right. I, although I will say, um, I think Todd Bowles did a really good job game planning for the Eagles in terms of, you know, of, of shutting down the run and really con- kind of containing Jalen Hurts, not letting him make plays outside the pocket. And, you know, Bulls talked about, you know, well, we're only going to be outside for 20 seconds going from the bus to the Dome Stadium yesterday yeah. in the press conference. I think he's yeah. really got to look at maybe whittling that number down to 15 seconds because you don't <laughs> want your players to catch a cold, right? I mean, if you can find a way to improve that time from 20 seconds from the bus to the stadium, you know, inside, maybe 15, that's kind of that sweet spot. I think he's got to make some personnel adjustments as well. You want to get your speed guys up at the front getting off the bus. Zion McCollum, uh, uh, Trey Palmer, guys like that. So they're already faster. So their body heat of just quick, quick movement will keep it warmer for when Right. The, the big hosses, exactly. the O-line and D-line have to get off yeah, the bus. Yeah, so. it creates like a warm draft, yes, if you will. Yes, exactly. But, so uh, I know, would like to see Bowles make that that adjustment uh, Great point, when, they, when they head onto the road. Kyle Miller, thank you for this 499 Super Chat. He says, speaking of the first Lions game, can we ditch the creamsicles <laughs> and add a new alternate white helmet that's similar to the modern pewter helmet? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I think there's a lot of cool variants uh, like Samer Ali, who's yeah. a friend of the show, um, he he does some amazing like alternate Buccaneer looks with different helmets, and there there is a, a white version that he kind of does w- with the red pirate flag uh, that that looks really cool. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, I if the NFL was smart, which I don't think the league is is is, I think the league could be smarter. Let me put it that way about a lot of things. You look at college football. And I'm not saying, you yeah. know, become Oregon, right? Where it's, you have no identity in terms of like what your uniform, which, you know, I, I don't know what Oregon's base uniform is. I don't think they have one. I think they have a different uniform every week. But the different variants that you can wear, it's it just, it's cool. And and I, I love the fact that they've got the all pewter look that they yes. wear once per year and they've got the creamsicle look. But like if if a team could go with maybe four or five different looks, and I know they can do the different things with the red pants or yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, the red jerseys, pewter pants, red jerseys, white pants, all white, white on pewter. But yeah, if, if there was, if there were some different things they could do, there's a lot of cool stuff that, that could be done and, and having like a, a white helmet with the red flag and stuff, I think would be kind of cool. I, I'm in agreement. The more, the more alternates, the better. I yeah. mean, the NFL loves making money. We know that know. they won't pay. They won't pay for grass fields at certain stadiums right. because it's too much money, but they love making money hand over, over yeah. fist. So just having more options, more I jerseys, uh, I think would be great for the league. One place where you can find more variances, more options, more flavors, of course, is Celsius energy drinks. Mm-hmm. And their newest flavor that they are just rolling out, their newest line as well, is the uh, Celsius Essentials. So They good. have 270 milligrams of caffeine to help you live fit, and there's no sugar, mm-hmm. like all Celsius energy drinks. Um, it is formulated for the fitness enthusiasts looking to elevate their performances. The Celsius Essentials are made with three essential aminos that provide you with an unbeatable combination of ingredients that support your physical and cognitive performances. With a specially formulated lineup of bold flavors, Celsius Essentials is a game changer for those wanting to unlock their full potential and take their fitness to the next level. They are available at 7-Elevens nationwide. You can get the three-pack over at uh, Walmart, and they are rolling out nationwide to select retailers. You can get them on Amazon soon. You can also check out the uh, original flavors of Celsius, whether it's the Cosmic Vibe, Sparkling Orange, Sparkling Watermelon, or the Arctic Vibe, which is my personal favorite. Um, if, if you need to know where to find those Celsius energy drinks, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest place where you can pick one up. Could be a health and fitness store, a convenience store, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your local bodegas, and you love getting Celsius, but you're like, hmm. This is great, but I got to buy them and put them in bags and they're handfuls. Like, can I just get them in bulk? You buy can. By the case. <laughs> you can go case by case um, by going over to Amazon, clicking on the subscribe and save and have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. Could be 
week, month, quarterly, yearly, you're in charge. Just make sure you drink in Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Yeah. Um, we're going to have another fun show tomorrow. We still have got halfway to go with this show, so don't go anywhere. But tomorrow, we've got uh, an awesome show. Does the Bucks Revenge Tour continue? And Matt, it's, it's interesting, right? Because they've already beaten the Eagles, who beat the Bucks before. They have a chance to beat the Lions, who beat the Bucks before. And there is a pretty strong likelihood, I think, because I think they're the best team in the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers, they could beat the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. in, um, in this weekend's game. And then if that's the case, we'll look out. Tampa Bay would go back to San Francisco for a, another revenge game against the 49ers. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. It would really help for the storyline uh, as well because we've heard some players mention the word revenge tour. Obviously, like Todd Bowles isn't, isn't going to say it. Um, right. But yeah, it'd be great to uh, to write the wrong. said it, and he's a prophet. He pre- he predicted the Bucks playing the Eagles. Yes. Uh, so I mean, hey, I'm, Devin White says it. Uh, probably got to be true, right? So. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that so would four, be four uh, o'clock tomorrow. Does the Bucks revenge tour continue more conversation about that topic? Uh, and Trey Palmer wants a little revenge too. He had two probable touchdowns against the lions. They're just out of reach. Yeah. But he had yeah. a nice touchdown on Monday night against the Eagles. So yeah, so there, he get some revenge against the lions too. There's also like this stat that every time Trey Palmer has tweeted out, uh, I woke up pissed off or I'm feeling yeah. pissed off. He ends up scoring a touchdown in that game. So that's right. Pay attention, Bucks fans. If uh, if he tweets that out on Sunday morning, uh, take him as a prop bet to yep. uh, to, to score a touchdown because yep. it's uh, it's it's worked out. Thanks to uh, Bill Vincent for this five dollars super chat, who says looking at the number of teams the Bucks lost to that are still in the playoffs lends a whole new light to uh, the nine and eight record. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. The Texans are still in the playoffs. They lost yep. to the Texans. And that was a close one. I mean, that one, they could have easily just played better defense with the last 35 seconds yep. and beat the Houston Texans. Um, obviously, Detroit, um, the 49ers as well. So, yeah, they've lost to some quality teams this year. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo one? Bills, yeah. yeah that's, the Thursday night games are always so weird. It's like you kind of forget that they, that yeah. they played that game, which, again, Hail Mary to Chris Godwin. <laughs> Could have uh, could have won that game too, and the yeah. offense was pretty bad then uh, mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I, I think the the offense in in general, man, if they could just because we've seen the Bucks look great, whether it was mm-hmm. on, on offense, whether it was the Eagles last week or Packers game, Jaguars game, that type of stuff, they could just bottle that man for these next mm-hmm. hopefully three games going to the Super Bowl. That's a team that I think legit has a puncher's chance to to make some noise. Yeah. But if you get the other version of, of the Buccaneers, the mm-hmm. nine points against the Panthers, the week before that against the Saints, mm-hmm. um, even the Buffalo game uh, until later, it's just I don't always feel crazy confident that the Bucs are going to be able to bring that the, the good offense week in right. and week out. So that's yeah. a big question. I mean, it, it sounds stupid to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I mean, it's, it's like in 2020, you could just about pencil the Bucks in for 30 points per game down the stretch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you knew Brady, Gronk, AB, Mike and Chris, like they're good for at least 24, right? I mean, just like showing up to the stadium, probably 24 as they got really hot down the stretch, it ended up being 30 <laughs> points or more in every game, uh, including uh, all the, the playoff games. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's not quite as confident with this group. Like, they're right. capable of doing it, but are they going to do it, you know? Like, that 2020 season, it was just like, they just have to beat the Saints. And if they beat right. the Saints and they get through the Saints, get that yep. monkey off their back, it was essentially like Team USA in the 1980 Olympics. They beat the Russians. Right. There was no way they were going to lose the gold medal after That's they right. after they beat the Russians. <laughs> yes. So, uh yeah, this team a little bit a little bit different than that. Uh, but let's get to this $20 super chat from Richie P. Thank you very much, Richie, who says, to your point, Matt, I could see the Glazers at some point along the way um, and to ensure Canales stick around, make him the highest paid offensive coordinator like they did Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. Very interesting thought. I don't know how much more the Glazers could pay him where he's like, you know what? 
I don't want to have every single responsibility. I don't want to be yeah. in charge of a team and, and try to further my career. Because you know what? And I'm not saying this for Canals, but I'm saying mm-hmm. some coaches in general are better as coordinators than they are head coaches. I'm sure yeah. there are a couple of offensive or defensive coordinators that are like, you know what? I'm chilling. I'm good. I have a great relationship mm-hmm. with the head coach. Yeah. I'm making a good salary. My family can stay in some spot. Mm-hmm. We don't have to move every couple of years or whatever. I'm just going to keep doing this as an offensive yeah. defensive coordinator. Now, Canales obviously has aspirations right. to be a head coach, and one day will be one. Um, but again, if it's like, hey, just wait one more year, and we'll pay you this much more, yeah. and then maybe it's interesting we do to think about whatever. Yeah, it's 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 conceivable for sure. Yeah. I mean, he was a bit older, certainly, than, than Dave Canales was. But Monty Kiffin, right? I mean, he he didn't go anywhere. I mean, except for Tennessee at the very end because Lane Kiffin, yeah. his son, yeah, yeah. took took that job. But at the same time, though, um, you know, you know, he he didn't even look at any head coaching opportunities under Tony Dungy or John Gruden, and and he was he was a stud defensive coordinator for some time. Matter of fact, no coach in Buccaneer history. I didn't say head coach. No coach in Buccaneer history. One more games than Monty Kiffin, who was who was that crossover coordinator under Tony Dungy and John Gruden. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know, that's why he's in the in the ring of honor too. We got the injury true. report. Let's let's get to that, shall we, Matt? Yeah. Uh I saw some people worried about it. I would not be too worried about yeah. it. Ooh, just had it up. Let's yep. pull it up. Bucks had a walkthrough today, which has been their norm yeah. on Wednesdays, you know. So nothing to uh to freak out about there, um, the players that did not participate, which which meant they they did walk around. Okay, let's be honest, they weren't like on crutches, they weren't on a cart, they did yeah. walk around, but they didn't do the walk through, and there is a distinction. Apparently, <laughs> Shaq yeah. Barrett with an ankle injury did not participate. Yeah, yeah, Diaby with a shoulder injury did not participate. Chase Edmonds with a toe injury did not participate. Chris Godwin with a knee injury did not participate. Baker Mayfield was a full participant. He walked around and threw the ball, apparently, uh, with his ankle and ribs injuries. So uh, having said that, I would suspect we're going to see some of those players, Barrett, Diaby, Edmonds, and Godwin, uh, either be limited tomorrow or limited on on Friday for sure. And I don't think that they're going to miss this game. I don't think that they're that injured where where, where they're going to you know be in, in jeopardy to, to not play on Sunday. Yeah, I, I would not be worried about anyone. I mean, I love the story that Casey Rogers had about Shaq. The one game late in the season that Shaq missed, he was still trying to go like up until the game started. Yeah. So Shaq, I would be very, very surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with that shoulder. We all saw when he got injured, but he ended up playing the rest of the game. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Chase Edmonds got five rushing attempts. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't be worried about anyone yeah. um, on that list. Lions- Lions pretty healthy too. I'm just going to yeah. read these off real quick. These all were players that were listed on the injury report, but full participants. So they're going to play. Brian Branch with a knee, James Houston with an ankle. Uh, he is currently on injured reserve, but he's in that window, so he could come out and and play if he's activated. Safety Kirby Joseph with the knee, Sam Laporta the tight end with the knee, and Brock Wright the other tight end with the hip. Those were all full participation. Uh, limited was linebacker Alex Anzalone with the shoulder and then the two non-participants, and they did have a, a walkthrough as well. Uh, Frank Ragnow, the center, uh, with a knee, with back, and rest, and a toe. I mean, he's just an old man. Knee, back, toe, rest. That sounds like me on a <laughs> daily basis. Um, and then uh, the other player was Khalif Raymond, the wide receiver with the knee. And so, um, again, both these teams, I think, are going to be at or near full strength on Sunday for a game, which is good because you, know, you mentioned Jamar Gibbs didn't play in the last game, and yeah. and the Lions had some injuries, and uh, and we'll see. The Bucks are going to get the Lions best, and and vice versa on Sunday. Yeah, and and one of the big things to pay attention to for this game is uh, how the Bucks do in the trenches because we talk about stopping the run. Yeah. But uh, as far as the offensive line goes, yes, improvement in the running game for sure. Not just I'm talking about Monday's game, but over over when they needed to win and 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 get into the postseason and right. win this division. Um, but also, we see the pass blocking be a little eh, yeah. or 
over the past couple games. And some of that's Baker. It's not all on the, uh, yeah. the offensive line. But nonetheless, sacks are sacks. And whether it's Aaron Stinney's fault or, or Baker Mayfield's yeah. fault, um, they especially can't happen on the road <laughs> when you're playing in, in this stadium, this dome that was aching for a playoff game for an extremely very long time. They finally mm-hmm. got one last week. It's only going to be louder. So here's a... Uh, Here's Todd Bowles talking about that matchup in the trenches. And then um, in the second half of the video talks about his uh, relationship with Lions coach, Dan Campbell, that actually goes a, a pretty long way between the two. Yeah. Todd, um, when you look at, at how your offensive line pass protected in the last game, you guys made some strides running the ball, but um, with Baker getting sacked multiple times the other night, uh, how do you feel in the first matchup that the offensive line did and, and keeping Baker upright and, and protecting him. Well, I thought they did a good job of getting pressure on him and, and guys not getting open. Uh, they did a good job. They got a good front. It's going to be a tough matchup for us. Between Akeem in the middle and the two outside guys, they present a lot of problems. We got to do a lot better job running that throwing football if we want to win this ball game. I was in Dallas as a DB coach when he was a player. Uh, we coached together in Miami. Outstanding coach, very fiery guy, extremely intelligent, um, extremely loyal, uh, will do anything for his team. Um, very good friend to this day, uh, a lot of respect for him on and off the field. As great a coach as he is, he's a better guy off the field. Do you see that team taking on his sort of, you know, I mean, everybody plays hard, right? Your team plays hard too, but in terms of just the grit, or maybe a little, what personality traits you see transfer to this team? Well, you can see the mental toughness. It started last year, you know, when they hit stride mid-season, when they had lost a lot, then they won a lot of ball games. They carried into this year and never looked back, and Dan's that type of guy. And sticking with the offensive line, Tristan Wirfs had a uh, had a great comment. You'll you'll hear it in within the last ten seconds of uh, of this video, but pl- pay close attention to Tristan Wirfs. You guys have done handled uh, the underdog role all season long. You look at a game like this, Detroit being home in favor, that the pressure is on them. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one expected us to be here, so it's you know, um, we're underdogs again. I think, I think um, we use it, use it. I don't need, I don't need a lot of motivation. So it's just you know, you're going to use the underdog thing, use the underdog thing, but um, it's just going to be about us. You know, 11 guys, all three phases, doing their job for the best of their abilities. It's going to, you know, I, I just probably tired of me saying that, but that's what, you know, that's what football is, you know, executing at a high level um, to the best of your ability. Absolutely. I mean, this time of year, I've, I think I've said it to you too, everyone, you know, there's there's good rushers all across, you know, all across the league, all across the, the front. Um, playoffs is no different. Playoffs is just heightened, you know. Um, you know, you get down to the nitty-gritty of the best of the best. So, um have an opportunity to come out and you know against another another great defensive defensive line is going to be going to be a lot of fun. You know, I trust I trust all, all five of us, all the guys in our room. Um, you know, we, we come out and, and, and fight our balls off. So you know, that's what we're going to do again. They're going to fight their balls off. That's right. <laughs> fight their balls off. Yep. Uh, let's get to a couple of more uh, super chats from the great Peter people that have uh, they were kind enough to do so. Uh, starting with the Red Fish again. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. Who says uh, was at the Eagles games. Incredible atmosphere per chance. Did you hear the crowd chant Baker Baker? Mm-hmm. It was cool. He's won over many fans. Yeah, he has. And and I think that's, it's been a process because I think when the Buccaneers were interested in signing him, then when they first signed him, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, standoffishness, but then um, as, as he did press conference after press conference, you kind of saw him really try to ingratiate himself into the team uh, we wrote stories about him. We talked about him on the podcast and, and we, we didn't sugarcoat anything. We're, we're just giving you our perspective. And, and he just seemed like, like he had been humbled by his, you know, going from face of the franchise in Cleveland one minute to a journeyman quarterback, literally and figuratively the next. And, um, you know, he's, I, I think he's won fans over. I mean, you've got your, your, Traskaholics, if that's if that's the the term that I've seen people in the chat call it the Trask loyalists, but um, you know, I mean, maybe it, maybe it took people to the perfect game against Green Bay, right, to come on board. Maybe it's taken some to uh, the three hundred and thirty-seven yards and three touchdowns against the Eagles for others. 
I, I think he's just about one over all the fan base right now. I don't know that there's a lot of fans out there that would say, don't re-sign Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because at most quarterbacks, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, most other quarterbacks are going to have, you know, some bad games as well, which Baker has had this season. And that leaves the the Trask fans or just people that don't like the Bucks to be like, this guy's terrible. This guy's trash. But yeah. not everyone can have these elite level games like Baker Mayfield yeah. has had as well. To your point, the Packers game, a yeah. literal perfect, uh, perfect game. So Baker, when he's baking um, like he is right now, it's yeah. hard not to like him. And the fact that he's earned it because his teammates go out and, and say how important he is to the team. Again, yeah. Tristan works every week. Baker's a dog. Baker's right. a dog, like over and over again. I love when he, I love when he says it. I mean, Brian Jensen's been injured all year, has not played at all. He's even headbutting Baker Mayfield. If they weren't getting along with <laughs> Baker Mayfield, you think he would be headbutting a guy that yeah. hasn't played in in two seasons? So, um, yeah, Baker's really earned it, which is which has been very cool. Thanks to uh, Rainer Chamberlain for the five dollars super chat. You got another one as well, which we'll get to. Uh, in a moment. Thanks to Brian Fisher for this $5 super chat too. Guys. You got another comment. We're happy to get into it. Uh, but like I said, thanks to Rainer for this $5 super chat too. Who says it blows my mind how the emergence of our success receives so much mm-hmm. underwhelming press. The numbers are not worthy. Uh, we can really win out. Go bucks. Yeah. I, I, I hear you with the frustration. Like Tampa's a pretty well-known city, a pretty big city. And yeah. uh, like even, like Colin Coward, who's come around on Baker. There's there's no more beef, I think, between Colin Coward and and Baker Mayfield. And anyway, on their show, they were talking about. Uh, I guess they do this all the time, but um, they were doing like a new weekly power rankings. But this version, it was like the teams remaining in the playoffs. These power rankings, and he had the Bucks eighth. He had the Bucks eighth, so last yeah. uh, in the power rankings. And I was like, damn, like you know, this team just smoked the Eagles. They won the yeah. division. I get it. Maybe Baker's not as flashy as CJ Stroud or, you know, as infamous as like the Packers yeah. organization in general. But I was like, damn, the Bucks at eighth. Well, I, thought, I thought that was a bit of a slight. I agree. And I, I think the Buccaneers, I mean, they're underdogs this week. But what's the current spread, Matt? I haven't looked at it yet with the Lions. Um, last I checked, it was six. It okay. May have so, from there. All right. Well, I'm just saying they're not going to be favorites, right? So it's like they're yeah. going to be underdogs this week. They're going to be underdogs if, if they win and play the 49ers. If they host the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game, Matt, that might be the only game that they might not be underdogs for, simply because yeah. they've beaten the Packers and they, you know, it's a home game. Um, should they go all the way to the Super Bowl? Now, maybe if they beat the 49ers in San Francisco, they get they get some more street cred, right? But um, they would be underdogs to the Bills because the Bills beat them earlier, right? They would be underdogs yes. probably even to the Texans because the Texans beat them earlier, right? Uh, Kansas mm-hmm. City, they would be underdogs to the Chiefs. They'd be underdogs to the Ravens. So they're, they're going to be underdogs with the exception of maybe, maybe that that game uh, against the um, uh, the Packers Packers. should it get there, you know. But um, speaking of, of odds, if you're looking to maybe place a wager – well, I'm going to tell you where to do it, and it's the place where I go to put my wagers in all the time. And I actually won about seventy-five dollars on the bucks because I took the bucks money line, like the smart guy that I am. Nice. Put my money where my mouth was, but I do it at my bookie. Gear up, sports fans! The NFL playoffs are here, with the big game just around the corner. There's never been a better time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't just watch it. Score big with exclusive boosted odds and huge prize contests that will have you feeling that big game fever even before it hits. Whether you're a seasoned pro or ready to roll for the first time, MyBookie is your ticket to turning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. MyBookie has the largest online lineups of odds, contests, and Vegas-style casino games, making it your ultimate destination for all the fun. 24-7, 24-7, right at your fingertips. They've got a great app. You can log on to the website. Uh, either way that you want to bet, it's it's fantastic at MyBookie. Now, here's what you got to do. And if you've been waiting for the right moment to get in on the action, the wait's over. Make your winning move today and sign up at MyBookie. Use the promo code Pewter to claim your deposit up to $1,000. That's right, the promo code Pewter for an opportunity to boost your betting power. 
Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home. Because with my bookie, you can bet anything, anywhere, anytime. Let's keep these super chats rolling in. Thank you to Scotty J for the 999 super chat, who says, again, knowing what we know now, are we in the middle of a rebuild? And Jason and the boss G are uh, happy with this quarterback, offensive coordinator, and head coach. Are we missing the end of the beginning, as uh, Winston Churchill said? Um, I, I think that I think they're finding some answers, right? I think they have their head coach, they've got their coordinator, and they've got their their quarterback for next year. I think they're going to resign Baker Mayfield. Yes. So um, if I'm if I'm Jason Light, I'm also drafting a quarterback. For the future, again, Baker Mayfield is great when he's healthy, right? I mean, there was a shoulder injury in 2021. Um, we've seen, you know, seasons get wrecked when quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks go down. So you have to have a good backup. Kyle Trask has not shown me enough in training camp, in the limited preseason, and the very limited reps in, in game, uh, regular season games, for me to, to make a conclusion, we're running out of time with Kyle Trask, right? He's mm-hmm. he is uh, entering his contract year, year four next year. Draft a quarterback, second, third, fourth round, wherever you can find a good guy to good value, and and have that be the next guy. And I think a, a three year contract for Baker would be would be good and appropriate. And um, and and let's see if this Buccaneer team can keep building. We know that Atlanta's going to have they're going to press the reset button. We know that the Carolina Panthers are doing the same thing. Uh, the Saints just fired uh, Carmichael, Pete Carmichael, their yeah. offensive coordinator. I, I don't have the faith in Dennis Allen that I certainly did with Sean Payton at the helm of New Orleans. I think the division's there for the taking again for the Buccaneers, Matt. And and so it, this is a bit of a re, it's it's a retooling more than a rebuilding, yes. I think, because this roster went from being very old to very young really quickly. And again, we talked about it before. Ten starters, if you include Trey Palmer as as a starter at, num- at wide receiver number three in a three wide receiver set. Ten starters out of the last two drafts for Jason Light and the front office. And guess what, Matt? They got another draft coming up to draft even exactly. more guys that'll step in and start <laughs> as well. Yeah. To to answer this one a little more specifically, I'll go from right to left instead of uh, left to right. Like starting with the head coach. More wins this season and further into the postseason. So, again, like we said on the other show, checking the box right mm-hmm. there. Offensive coordinator, upbeat, great personality. That's why we call him the Houston Human Celsius. Yep. Um, improved the run game, even though league-wise still last. Yeah. And scored more points per game. Mm-hmm. That's a check. Baker, again, galvanized the team. Infectious personality. Everyone likes him. Great stats this season. Did not turn the ball over. That's all a huge plus. That's a check as well. The reason why it's like a reload a little bit or a retooling, as you said, is they have to they have to land the last part of this act and everything yeah. like that. And that is the offseason with Mike Evans, with Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr., with Tristan Wirfs coming around the corner, and with the right um with the right contract for Baker Mayfield. Because Baker has been great this year. Yeah. What I do worry about is, and that's why I just want the Bucks to make sure that they have the right contract to Baker, where Baker's happy getting his money, yeah. but they aren't as tied into it. Where if if Baker falters in the next couple of years, yeah. I don't want the Bucks to have buyer's remorse the way yeah. that, let's just say, the Cowboys might have with Dak Prescott so, at the moment, well or said. even Jalen Hurts to a degree. Exactly with what's happened there. I don't yeah. want the Bucks to get into that buyer's remorse. But if you find I'm the right you. contract for Baker, you re-sign Mike Evans. Because then you go into next year saying, all right, you got mm-hmm. Baker. Mike's yep. back for like three or four seasons. Yeah, okay, Chris Godwin's on the last year of his deal. But you can game plan for yeah. Chris Godwin's gone in a year versus... Maybe Trey Palmer steps yeah. up and, and yeah. becomes... Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think it's a retooling. I definitely would not call it a, uh, a rebuild by... Yeah. By any means. Yep. Uh, thanks to Eric Moreno for the five dollars super chat. Any concern with Godwin uh, knee, Yaya shoulder, um, yeah. all that stuff? Eric, maybe you signed on the show late. We talked about it before. Um, yeah. They were all out. It's a walkthrough. They're going to be fine. They're all going to play in the game. Uh, yeah. No worries there. Yeah. Um, and thank you to LDBC's most wanted. 
the 999 Super Chat says, how big of an impact do you think Bowles had in drafting Winfield? Todd got a ton of credit for Zion, Yaya, Cansey, Izian, and say what you want about Devin White, but he played a huge role in 2020. Yeah. I mean, Todd Bowles, especially for someone like Winfield, Bowles mm-hmm. loves players in the secondary. He was oh, yeah. a safety himself when he played in the NFL. I'm sure Bowles played a pretty big role in getting uh, Antoine Winfield in there. And yeah, anyone defensively, you could probably turn to Todd Bowles mm-hmm. and say, uh, yeah, Todd Todd yeah. gave the seal of approval. On Even that. though he was the defensive coordinator, yes. first year defensive coordinator in Tampa Bay in 2019, he did play a large role in wanting Devin White um, to be drafted by the team, even though Bruce Arians was the head coach at that time. And Jason Light does a very good job of building consensus and working with the coaches. The last thing you want is a general manager to force a player onto a coach, whether it's a position coach, a coordinator, or the head coach. So um, every player, that everybody on this list here that you mentioned, Todd Bowles had the seal of approval, and, of course, Jason Light had the seal of approval too. Those guys work in conjunction really, really well. Just just like Matt Matera and, and Adam Slavon work in conjunction incredibly well on yeah. Thursdays. And the show we're doing tomorrow at 4 o'clock is Does the Bucks Revenge Tour Continue? And that's going to be at 4 o'clock, so make sure you keep it locked into Pewter Report TV, which is our YouTube channel. We want to thank everybody. We're yeah. over 13,000. Mm-hmm. You missed our show yesterday. We went over 13,000 live on the air. So, Awesome. We're, I think, at 13,066 right now. Yeah, so. we got a big jump yesterday, Jeez. even after the uh, the 13,000. So appreciate you guys so much for that. Um, that last Super Chat that mentioned all the defensive guys mentioned Zion yeah. McCollum as well. Well, we spoke to Zion, too, and I thought he had some really cool answers and just some interesting stuff and insight about yeah. his move to safety because Zion's been everywhere this season. Yeah, I'm starting to get more and more comfortable at the position. I mean, any position on the field, I'm very, very comfortable with because I have the right people around me teaching me, guiding me. And so any position I'm playing, I'm confident. How much have you practiced that behind the scenes? Last week, or have you been taking snaps playing safety throughout the season here and there? It's been limited to the past couple of weeks. So I'm kind of just getting everything, feeling around for it. But... I like learning different positions. I like knowing where my help is and understanding what their job is. So it was a pretty easy transition. Uh, we definitely have to respect everybody that they have, but St. Brown has been playing really, really good ball. So we have to keep an eye out on him in particular. Him, Laporta, they have a lot of weapons. So not necessarily, but yes. Or Jim Hilton. You've really been a starter the whole season. These guys were healthy on Monday night. What was it like to be on the field with them uh, and, and having that? That secondary strength in a sense. It was really good. I mean, as, as a secondary, we feel super confident when we're all on the field together, and especially me being corner-minded and being on the field with both of our starters. I mean, it feels like we can take away all the receivers, no matter who it is. Us three are out there playing man to man, and we know quarterback has a hard time. You're not gonna have a hard time finding a house with Eric Gross and the Eric Gross group on your team. That's for sure. Eric uh, knows the the real estate market inside and out. He's a Tampa native. His father was stationed in McDill Air Force Base. He's got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellent service that sets he and the Eric Gross Group apart, the official realtors of Peter Report. Make sure you check out his website, Eric Gross Group, on Facebook and Instagram. The website is housesinfla.com. You can call Eric at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your homeownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, housesinfla.com. And make sure that you are checking out Peter Game Day on Sunday. Pre-game show at 2 o'clock. Live in-game analysis at 3 o'clock. Matt is going to have all of the insight from One Buccaneer Place to help you digest what you're watching when the Buccaneers take on the Detroit Lions. That's Sunday, Peter Game Day, right here on Peter Report TV, our YouTube channel. Yeah, that's right. Live reactions and the opinions. Uh, those are, I think, the two best parts. And we'll see uh, what bets hit, what bets don't. Hey, we got a late super chat, but a very important Let's super chat. Thank you to Gino uh, Sisson for the Sisson for this uh, $20 super chat that says, Thank you. Off the topic, guys, but every time I need cheering up, I always listen to your podcast <laughs> a few years back when both Scott 
and the great late Mark Cook started talking about Maggie with a Chicago accent. Gino, I've gone back and listened to that from time to time. I crack up every single time. It was Matt Nagy, the Chicago Bears, a linebacker's name's Khalil Mack. And honestly, the funniest part of it all is laugh through the whole thing. Mark is like begging, pleading with Trevor Sykema to like kind of keep doing the show. And then uh, (laughs) as he's laughing, he's saying, I got asthma. And then he goes, I got asthma. (laughs) So all time, uh, all time moment in in Pewter Report history. And uh, thanks, Gino, for bringing that up. Uh, By the way, as we. Yeah, as we close off the show, uh, please follow us on all of our social media on uh, X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads at Peter Report. Our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV. Thank you, guys. We'll do it all again tomorrow. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you. And see everyone at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Peace out. Oh, John Gruden, offensive coordinator, New Orleans Saints. What? Hmm.